0: Hi friends, Sarah here with a brief disclaimer. You are listening to a podcast about making space for other people as well as for yourself, which may mean that you're going to hear language and ideas and thoughts, not just about life, but about faith that are different than your own. My hope is that you will listen to this podcast with an attitude of space making, being able to hear things that are different from what you may interpret the world to be. It also may be different than how the hosts feel about the world. But again, we are working together to make a little bit more space for each other. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi there, and welcome to the Making Spaces podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sarah Heath, and this is... Josie Jimenez, woo! Woohoo! Uh, cheering for <laughs> our own selves. It's morning time, so we're trying to pump ourselves up. Uh, Josie just went to the chiropractor. How you feeling? Um, You know... I'm feeling
1: all right, less crooked, I guess. What More um blind. what what
0: did they do to you for you?
1: Uh, so she's not the kind of chiropractor
0: that like twists you up and
1: cracks you all dramatic like. She uses like these little pushy machines or like oh yeah, uh,
0: what do they call it? A like the little tap
1: things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So she like took some X-rays the first time I went, realized that I'm all crooked in a million different ways and so
0: she's helping crooked, they say hmm hmm Hmm. yeah Hmm. so yeah luckily we can just fix it with prayer so i'll be over here praying Uh, i know i gotta go over to my mama's house so she can pray it all the way lay on the hands lay on the hands how are you doing otherwise how was your week uh stressful week I had a
1: million doctor's appointments trying to get to the bottom of this pain thing and um
0: they just said I have fibromyalgia which means that yeah
1: you have pain
0: yeah fibromyalgia I felt so bad when you told me that because it hit me right in the gut because that was something my mom was diagnosed with which feels a little bit like a we don't know what it is so here's a name exactly but they gave me some good muscle relaxers okay
1: that I can only take at night because they're very sedating. Uh, And what else? Yeah, I have to go get some blood tests and shit to make sure it's not anything else, but I'm screwed,
0: it's fine. Well, I gotta tell you, um, one of the things that I am constantly impressed with is how much you work through chronic pain and not that you have to do that, not that you have to be a warrior. I know within your uh, tradition, (laughs) and ethnicity, even not even just the tradition of being Ah, from a evangelical Pentecostal background, but from your ethnicity, it's just keep going. And, um, I salute you for all that you do, but I also say, slow down if you need to.
1: Yeah. One of the things that the doctor said first was like, you should really try to manage your stress levels. And I was like, okay. Okay. Doctor. Sure.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. I know I had a, um, I had actually really terrible female issues a couple of years ago where I was getting these, um, this is the all talk hour where I was having to have surgery. And the doctor said, yeah, these are, you know, these they are essentially tumors are caused by extreme stress. And I was like, and she said, can you change your lifestyle? And my answer was, Mm-mm, nope. nope. And I didn't even know as a Enneagram three then I was just like no like I literally don't know how to change my life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I'm not giving anything up sorry about it not sorry about it well I will as your friend push you sometimes to rest
1: well it's hard because I deal really well with stress in the sense that like doing a ton of stuff is my passion in life i love having a million things to juggle so it's not super stressful but you know childhood trauma is stressful
0: true
1: Hint hint, everybody
0: yes get do your work that's all we're saying Um, therapy Mm -hmm. yeah my week was weird because i had the covid vaccine and i'm not gonna lie to you i was pretty cocky about it
2: Um, (laughs) i was
0: like yeah i'm gonna be great i've already had covid um I'm tough, Uh, and I got the COVID vaccine. I worked all day, uh, did a video of stuff, worked on our Palm Sunday stuff, worked on our Easter stuff, met with people, met with someone on our church about some stuff that's going on in our building, and I thought, I've nailed this. I went for a long run, came home, did my ab workout, and all of a sudden, (laughs) I was shaking so much that my teeth We're chattering just and that made me giggle. But then I was like, oh, you're full fever mode. And then I couldn't lift my arm. And then I was in, so I was so cold, but hot and I had to get into the bathtub. And then I didn't wanna get out of the bathtub because I knew once I got out of the bathtub my entire body was gonna shake again. But I had, because I was being cocky, I'd started like a load of laundry that needed to be hung. So I had to hang my laundry, but I also have a dog who doesn't understand. That I can't walk him when I'm in the state. And so I had to like pick him up because he wasn't really interested in going for a walk, but he's got to do the peepees and poo-poos. So I had to get him (laughs) up and it was just, it was, it was a literal shit show over here. Um, not a literal shit show. It was a shit show though. And I finally yesterday, so that, that fever lasted all night, like all night long. I changed my pajamas three times, three times, um, sweating, Whole deal, but cold still, right? So I get up after not sleeping. Um, and I still wasn't feeling great. But I had we had work to do. So yesterday was a weird day, um, for sure. So my week has been really off because I was gone last week and working remotely. And so this week I was gonna come back and just slay things, right? I just like getting some we're regathering. I'm coming up with regathering plans, like you know, what's coming for me in July, I've got all these, no, I just sat Mm -hmm. on my couch and shook and watched some, um, I'm in love with this new show. Um, and it's really corny and I'm going to tell you about it and you and Ryan can watch it and laugh at me for loving it. It's called the new legends of monkey. Have you heard of this? No, the new legends of monkey is on Netflix and it's a TV show about, um, it's like a, it is a Chinese, uh, legend but it's like really corny and the first couple episodes are like super awkward and weird um but it's funny like it's it's a really funny kind of nerdy show and i love it so as you know i watched a show called the expanse obsessively and now i've watched all of the show the new legends of monkey and he's like a really cocky god who like <laughs> is super into himself and it's just funny because he's a bit of an idiot but he's also like the sweetest and then there's a girl who is a monk well she hides herself as a monk it's just I'm ridiculously ready. silly and when you're chattering and cannot go to sleep it's fun to watch so and i watched it with my brother and my niece and nephew so i'm ready the new legends of monkey um we you want to talk a little bit about our guest? I'm excited for people to hear it. I, it's the juice. Is the first time I encountered Savannah. I had seen that before, but I didn't know it was her. And then I saw her on the Instagrams mm-hmm. um, as a pastor speaking. And uh, Savannah and uh, last name Sturgeon, right? No, she got married. So I oh. uh, let me double check. It is Correno now. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm um has a wonderful online um I guess we call it like a magazine almost yeah yeah I think so I think yeah online platform called the juice media platform and it makes space for people to really talk about what's happening in culture in all different areas um from a perspective of faith but not necessarily from a perspective like evangelical faith. Because I know there's like the 700 Club. I don't even know if that still exists. But there used, there's a lot of like news, news quote unquote, shows that are supposed to be from a Christian perspective. But this is a very different, I think it makes space mm-hmm. for conversation. But the thing that captured us was this new work that she's doing mm-hmm. um, really around conversation starting, right? Yeah, she started a
1: group in her church called Please Elaborate. Uh, during the pandemic so she had to go fully digital fully online groups or whatever and she tackles a different topic I think every week or every month something like that and they're the big ones like money and grief and identity and change and having they have these really in-depth conversations about what it really means with special guests and stuff like that Um, and it was originally intended for just her community but it's blown up it's very relevant. Her videos are super cool. She's yeah. got great glasses.
0: <laughs> she does. She's hip. Um so check out this conversation. We hope you enjoy it. Um like us on Instagram. Check us out on uh wherever you catch your pods. We'll talk about that at the end. Um but also we're excited to announce that a new uh, podcast group is Uh, forming. It's really fun on Twitter, by the way. People are figuring Mm -hmm. it out and it's fun uh, called the irreverent media podcast group, but it's irreverent media group. Um, So you're going to hear more about that in episodes to come, but just as a little teaser, we were uh, hooking up with some of our cool friends. Yeah. Cooler than us.
1: Uh, I think I'm the coolest of the bunch personally.
0: God to be an eight. Okay. Well, we're going to listen to this conversation (laughs) while uh, Josie tries to uh, make her head smaller. Just kidding. (gasps) Bye. Bye.
2: One of the flaws and challenges that you see with the fundamentalist and or overtly evangelical um, denominations, if you will, is the idolatry of the knowing and the fear of the mystery. Right. And and it's so dangerous because the minute you become afraid of mystery, you you become afraid to discover anything else about God. What you know, not only not only what you know, not only is it limited, it's also flawed because if you claim to know that no, God is white, God is a man, god is uh, the prosperity gospel and i know that gun control is this abortion is this uh women are this and this this and this and this this is what i believe and this is right okay well if that's your belief and you interpret everything else around it as wrong well now you've made your god so small so immalleable so rigid that even you can't rely on that god that is going to break and Mm -hmm. shatter. It's such a fragile, sensitive God that shatters at the opposition of humanity. That's not God. That's an idol. That's a porcelain idol that shatters in the wake of a human with a different belief. If your God can't sustain a dialogue with someone else, that's not God. That's a porcelain, hollow idol that you have made your God that will not sustain you through life.
0: leave me alone oh well with that hi friends welcome to the making spaces podcast a podcast about making space both literally and figuratively for other people um i am sarah heath and this is my co-host josie Jimenez. welcome back welcome back so yeah we we haven't been recording for a while but we're excited about starting to record again um josie you want to tell us a little bit about who we are speaking to today that's my yes
1: challenge. today we thanks mom today we are talking to savannah rake it's carino right Coreno. Correño. Corino. yes i should know that as a hispanic woman but it's fine <laughs> um, she is a writer speaker uh, and culture lover according to her instagram bio uh, she is the founder of the juice edit which is super fun. You should follow that on Instagram. And Pastor of Please Elaborate, which is a monthly. You have like a topic every month, right? And then you just yeah. do like video series mm-hmm. and stuff. Love
2: um, that. It's all I fun that stuff. on your website. Mm-hmm. Check it out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Savannah, we are really excited to have you on here. You're also someone who knows how to use TikTok, which is uh I feel ancient, right? Because I don't understand it. Or no. <laughs> I don't know the
1: difference between Reels and TikTok. I'm going to be. I don't know, hilarious. but I know that you
0: point at things and then things show up.
2: And I just got yeah, on Clubhouse. And let me tell you, that is also a different world. I'm just, I, I have an identity. I think I'm a Gen Zer and I'm not. I'm very much a millennial, but I want to be a Gen Zer. And so here I am. I know. Here.
1: here I am. It's also different.
2: <laughs> Somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah, I don't get I don't get it. I got on Clubhouse recently as well. I don't, under, I don't understand. There's no pictures. There's no, yeah. I'm a picture person. What is it? Person. I'm what a, do you had remember, it? Do you
2: remember like a uh, instant messenger? You know, where you could have like your way. M- it's kind of like that, but more refined where- Oh. You can, yeah, get in <laughs> chat rooms. You, you guys know. don't
0: even know. You guys don't know. You don't know, you, you guys don't know about being in college and you're down the hallway and you hear, and you think it might be him. It might've team. just instant <laughs> oh messaged me I was probably in for dinner. School. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. Yeah. So he might be yeah. instant messaging me to meet him for dinner, and then you like run down the hallway, and then it's just a because we didn't text. We yeah. Did so you, did you have away messages where like your away oh, message is a yeah. big deal? Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. they had to be like a little suggestive. Like yeah, I could be having mysterious. the time of my life. Right. I could right. be studying. None of yeah. your business. But that in a way is like just walking down a college hallway. do 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 do. Do do, do 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 happening all the way down. And we just thought we were space age. Little did we know, friends, little did we know that we were you talking, you're prop tops, doing club- dance. we'd be clubbing, which is now apparently just a website. I feel
1: like an old woman. Yeah, I feel like an old woman when I see these little thirteen-year-olds dressing how we dress now, or right. don't have never dressed, and I'm like, "Where is your parent? You're Where like, is your mother? Do you have a morning. Like does woman. your mom
2: pack your lunch?
1: Yeah, you one have- or the other. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, wearing I think high we've... heels
0: at thirteen. Well, you know, <laughs> here's the here's the I thing can't too. Do and I'll, I'll say this before we ask you the opening question, Savannah, cause I think we're really getting to the heart <laughs> of making space for people. I would like to talk about um, something that I feel like is something we really just have not addressed is that these high-waisted mom jeans that are ripped to the point that I can see your entire knee and then also all of your thigh. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Should look ugly on you. But here's the thing that I don't understand about what's happening. Here, where I live, it's like, they don't have to go through the awkward stage. No, they skip it, Mm -mm, which is like, I'm still in mine, but they're like, these (laughs) kids are like, I'm not even, I look at them and I'm like, yeah, you look great. I don't like, I, whatever you're doing, it's working. Yeah. You, and they just, and there's no, like where they look like they don't know what to do with their like Like I spent 10 years of my adolescence just sort of like, as like a like a blob of not sure what to do with myself moments. And I would try like (laughs) a a fashion, like I did like the blossom hat, which you guys worry about it. You know, I I tried leggings in a way that I'm not proud of, but- We all tried the leggings
2: and the oversized sweater, the blue eyeshadow, I I made that mistake. The jeans skirt
1: over the leggings. Right, yes, the
2: layering. And we loved the sweaters that came right up to the nipple. Yes, but those Mm -hmm. are back. Those are- I hope not. Oh my gosh. Those
0: and gauchos need to stay in the Oh no, they're back. They're back. Cause I went to Urban Outfitters for the first time in like 15 years yesterday. And I'll say Mm -hmm. this, nothing was full length. And when you are my age, I am a fit human, but I will say that that is not anyone. No one is, no one is requesting that look on me. No that's one is, business. No that's one nobody, that business. nobody needs. Cause like these two abs are fit. The rest is not for public. No one is looking for a
2: collab with my non-existent. No. <laughs> like we're not partnering with that. No, nope.
0: so, no. So now we've solved that. Hey Savannah, so glad to have you on here. You're clearly <laughs> one of our people. Question for you. Where is one of your face, uh, spaces? Where is one of your favorite spaces and why?
2: Favorite space and why? Okay. Well, I feel like there's two answers to that now because we're in COVID right so like during Fair. COVID my favorite space is in my home because it's <laughs> where I work because it of out, it's where I do podcasts you know it's where I film a lot of stuff um, for the church that I'm a pastor at and so it is my favorite space in that it is quite literally the only space where I can fully exercise all of my faculties and kind of do all the things but but outside of COVID on an in quote unquote normal times, my favorite space was when I was living in um, Pasadena because I live in Sacramento now and we have lived in Sacramento since June. So we've only lived in Sacramento during a pandemic and in Pasadena is where we lived when the pandemic wasn't around. And so my favorite really third space that we went to was a coffee shop slash breakfast place. And we would go every Sunday. um, And they had the best breakfast burritos. I cannot explain. It was their manna from heaven, just so spectacular. And also we would go and we would go every single Sunday and sometimes during the week. And so we knew the baristas and the waiters and the waitresses and I remember one of the last times we went before we moved and the pandemic hit I was there just working and this uh senior in high school he came over to me and he saw me working I was in grad school at the time and I was working on a paper and he said I see you're working on a paper could you proofread my college application stop it stop (laughs) it yeah, it was so cute. And so we sat down and it was like, it was that kind of environment. Those kind of things happen all the time. We would sit down and we went through his college application and I said, all right, you know, you've got to, you know, a run on here. Let's work through this independent clause, like, you know, <laughs> just kind of fixing things and, you know, what's your thesis? And I don't know was, what an
0: independent clause is,
2: <laughs> but it was, it was just the perfect example of like, oh, this is why we love this place. Like there were so many times like that, where we would sit down and you'd see someone you knew or where I worked was just down the road.
0: And so i run into coworkers all the time. It was our meeting place. It was our- well, What coffee shop as, as Californians? We wanna know what coffee shop was it? It's in
2: Monrovia. Um, I don't know if it's still the same name. Hold on, let me, it might actually, I think its name might have changed. It's on Myrtle. Um, do, where do you guys live? Mm-hmm. So we are, I'm in Costa Mesa.
1: And I'm in Teston, but I went to APU, so I know Monrovia real well.
2: Okay, hold on. I actually think it's a different name now, which is sad. Um, oh, no, it isn't. Okay, it's still, it's Gray and Cash. Gray and I cash literally thought the name changed. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know Gray yep. and Cash. Okay, it's fantastic. Yep. Um, for some reason, I thought that they had changed their name, but they're not. They're still there. Gray and Cash, it's fantastic. Highly recommend. Best cold brew around.
0: Ooh, mm. that's a challenge. I'm a cold brew fan. This podcast was brought to
2: you by Graeme
0: Oh my gosh. If this was the case, so many, we've uh, featured so many coffee shops. We have featured so many, like <laughs> if people would just pay us for us mentioning things, we're just still hoping FabFitFun oh will just start sending us boxes. That would be fantastic. That's the real
1: dream, right? Just free stuff. Free stuff. Free right. stuff that you can give to people's presents.
0: So yeah. You don't have to spend money on presents. <laughs>
1: exactly. I don't know
0: why that's my mentality. Presents, I do. <laughs> um, Savannah, when you created the Juice Edit, and um, I did a, a, a really, I did a deep dive recently into all your work. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, <laughs> you really did a lot of uh, sort of creating space for folks who were. I might even call it like pre-deconstruction. So folks who were just sort of asking questions right. and I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got into that sort of work. You went to Fuller, correct? Yes. Pretty good school, not bad, not bad. We've had a couple of Fuller folks on here. I yeah. went to Duke, but I appreciate Fuller. Nice. Okay, <laughs> bougie over here. I, I Duke, actually, but, you
2: it, know, I, I actually, <laughs> that. Um, I got uh, accepted to Duke and I was about to accept it when I got my Fuller and Fuller was my first choice. And so, and I didn't think I got into Fuller and I was like, well, I guess I'll, I'll, uh, you know, Duke is, hello, it. Duke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll slum it at Duke. I guess I'll um, go to
0: Duke. I,
2: Fuller uh, Fuller was my first choice because I wanted to go to California because I was coming from New York. And ah. so I was like, oh, I want to go to the Sunshine State. And then um, I thought I didn't get in, but there I it was just, I got the letter late. So I love Duke. I absolutely love Duke. Toured it. You know, but
0: California school. will always win. Yeah. I mean, oh. North Carolina is like a tiny version <laughs> of California. We have, we had mountains, we had the ocean. I you, prefer the ocean had- there. Cause it's warm. You can
2: swim in it. Yeah. I'm from Nashville. So I went to North Carolina and South Carolina mm-hmm. all the time.
0: I also love Nashville. My publisher is there. So I go, I used to go quite a bit. I love it there. Oh, so good. So, Savannah, tell us about yes, getting into the juice edit. What does yeah. the juice, I'm assuming, well, I'm going to let you tell.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, the juice, um, our motto is ask questions, explore perspectives, hold your opinions loosely. Um, otherwise, you'll choke on them. Uh, so, I kind of <laughs> like our motto. I created it because I actually didn't grow up in the church. I grew up. Um, as my family was very much, we, I call them CEOs, Christmas and Easter only. We would go to church you know, here, <laughs> maybe more, you know, it's the South. So you're Christian by proxy, by culture. Um, but I didn't really, you know, my family wasn't one to go to church every single Sunday. We didn't like pray together or, you know, talk about God really. And that's no diss to my family. I absolutely love my family. It was just not part of our upbringing so much. Um, and then um my mom got really really sick when i was in middle school um and we weren't really sure if she was going to pull through it got really serious and eventually turned into um addiction and substance abuse and she actually passed away this past october um but mm-hmm. love you mom um but but through that whole traumatic experience i as a kid i was in those formative years where you're you know 13 14 and you're trying to find yourself and I ended up finding a relationship with God on my own, outside of the influence. You know, I didn't grow up going to youth camp or church camp or any of the other 30 camps that every okay. Christian apparently goes to. Um, you know, I didn't hear of Hillsong or the acoustic version of Oceans until I was in my 20s. Okay. And so <laughs> there, was, there was this delay, but I also think it was such a blessing because I grew up and formed my faith solely out of a relationship with God and discovery and asking questions. And in, I guess I was around 15 or 16 when I was at a, um, a, a Church of Christ private school where um, I was hearing things and hearing um, doctrinal facts and hearing things about Jesus that weren't really meshing or jiving with the relationship I was having with God. Oh, you so do that I, midrash, okay? Yeah, yeah. And so I was um, here. I am trying to discover and develop this relationship with God out of desperation, really. You know, out of okay, my life is is crumbling around me. This is, seems like the last ditch effort to survive in this world is having a relationship with God, and at the same time being put in a private school where everyone was having this. They apparently everyone knew every Bible verse. They had a very They knew exactly what they believed and why they believed it at at 14 or 15. And so what I was learning in high school about God in this private school wasn't jiving with what I was experiencing. And Mm. so through high school, I had this constant conflict of, okay, what I'm learning about and and reading about in my Bible, because I ended up just reading the Bible like three times in high school, like cover to cover trying to figure out I was like, some of y'all are wrong because this is not what this says. And I was like, my textbook is different. And so there was this, just this constant back and forth of what I'm hearing from these Christians is not meshing with what this Bible says. And this isn't making sense to me. So I was constantly trying to reconcile those two forces in my life, my relationship with God and my experience in the school and in the established church. And so then in college, I went to college and I got planted in a church um, for the first time, really my first time having my own church that I would go to and show up at and serve at and volunteer at. And that's where I got a lot of my questions answered. And that was when, because I was at a church in Manhattan and, you know, Manhattan is very different than Nashville. (laughs) And so in in college i was suddenly placed in an environment where everyone else was asking questions you had people from every walk of life black white brown puerto rican haitian it doesn't matter like everyone there a gay straight bi, lesbian like whoever was there and asking questions and holding christians accountable for the book that they claim to believe in and so in college i was like oh these are my people like let's ask questions let's explore perspectives let's hold opinions and um have dialogue and out of that I started the juice it used to be called something different because it was just it was literally called like the name of the blog com. <laughs> it's just like yeah. <laughs> it's old school and I started it um just to have those conversations on a di- in, on a digital platform and um It started really because I knew I wanted to become a preacher and preach. So I thought, oh, I'll create this website to get in the habit of creating messages on a weekly basis like a preacher would. And that's really how it started. And so really, it started just out of a continuation of conversation and curiosity. And now it has snowballed into kind of a cross. I always say it's where pop culture and theology intersect awkwardly. Uh, because pop culture is something that I love and I think tells
0: us a lot about. This could 100% be the name of my memoir. She's where, (laughs) (laughs) she's where culture.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, theology collide awkwardly. It's awkwardly. Yeah, so it it morphed. It started as a, hey, let's have some hard conversations about what the Bible is saying. And now it's, okay, what is pop culture telling us about our world? What is trending? And what is God telling us through that? And let's have a discussion about it. Not a, let me tell you what's right, but Hey, this is what I found. Can we talk about it? And so that's kind of how it started and then snowballed into that intersection.
0: That's amazing. I actually attended it. I was visiting a friend in New York and I attended a church in Manhattan uh, because my friend, Michael Gunger, his brother, David Gunger went to it. Mm-hmm. What was that? What church were you part of there? Uh, I was Hillsong New York City. You were Hillsong, you know? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. They—I forget the name of their church.
2: Reformer too, or no? Um, what was starts with an R? There's another.
0: I cannot remember, but it was a really cool church. But I—the oh. I, reason I was wondering if it was that because they really did do a great job of asking questions. Yeah. Um, And I—I I find it, you know, we've been doing this show now. Gosh, this is our. Th- third season, but it's almost been a whole year since we started working on it. So we do like 20 episodes per season. Um, And we've been talking about uh, sort of how people get into the different things. And it always starts with the word that you use, which is curiosity. So making Mm -hmm. space for others always starts with this like sense of curiosity for yourself or like, why isn't that, why doesn't this space exist? And I love that (laughs) part of your story is, yeah, I was in a place where I had had encountered God not in a youth group setting, not in a church setting. And so I had this idea of God or this experience of God. And then they tried to put that into a box and I was like, wait a minute.
2: These don't match.
0: How do I, what do I? And I think that's the case for a lot of people. I think you're right. A lot of people do the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. So they have been given this God and then they go, oh, this box is nice. And so a lot of the people you've right. experienced in college, before college or high school that were like, I know all the answers. I did the op, I grew up in Canada. My mom was very sick when I was, this totally makes sense when I was in middle school, but I grew up in uh, post-Christian culture. So even though I was part of a youth group and all this right. sort of stuff, Okay. I moved to Mississippi when I was in high school. So I had that experience of exactly what you're talking about, where you meet 15 year olds who are like, no, this is the truth. And man, I wanted it to just so be like the cosmic Santa Claus. When- I like, your God is so simple. It's ah, so- I want your God. That's mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> right. And I tried so hard and I just, I could not, I, I tried, I tried to be a good Christian, whatever that was. Right. I didn't know what that, I just tried. So, I mean, I joke around and tell the story of the first time I started dating a guy. And I told my friends in Canada, I was like, guys, I'm dating this guy. And he just really loves the Lord. And my friends were like, what does that mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> are you Mm-mm. in a cult? Like, what is no, that? Thank you. But that was a language <laughs> that nope. I was now right. surrounded by. And mm-hmm. so I think it's fun to see someone like you who is processing it from maybe what's the opposite experience of so many right. people. Exactly. You were sort of not deconstructing. Yeah. You were reconstructing. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I had a pretty similar experience in that I was also that kid who was like, mm, I don't know what you're saying. So I'm just going to read this thing three times. It was also three yeah, was times so as well. Yeah. Um, although I skipped Revelation a couple of times because I was in middle school and it was This is
2: dark. This is
1: dark. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Ooh, I like this.
2: And, I, I mean, I grew taller, up I in it.
1: a... <laughs> yeah, 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 I grew up in a Latin church, uh, Latin Pentecostal church, which is very different. As um, when you say Latin, so you know I Latin didn't Latin American
2: get... or Latin, like as in Latin, Latin, Latin American.
1: Latin American. Yeah. Latin American. I <laughs> grew up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I so wasn't like old like? school there Catholic or anything. A...
0: He's fancy. <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: Yeah, it was very much like dancing in the aisles, nice. speaking in tongues, exorcisms, the whole nine yards. And I was a good little Christian girl. I was in the worship band and I was at church six, seven days a week, every week for my whole childhood. You're definitely. Going and to then
0: for sure. And has yeah. a crown with a lot of stones. Well, she has yeah. so many stones. I don't know about now. No, not now. now. No, but, you're in trouble now.
1: Yeah. And I was, my dad always says that I was the annoying kid. I was like, well, Why? Why? Why, 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 why? That was my why? favorite thing. It's like, I had this curiosity of why, why wow. do I have to not be as cool as boys? Because I'm a girl. Why right. does Jesus not love me as much? Because <laughs> I'm a girl. <laughs> and, and I was like a leader. I was a child leader. And then eventually the church things started happening to where I was like, I don't know about this. Um, and the church was very much one person. There was no power structure. There's no like, what mm. is it called in uh elder bureaucracy like that there's nothing like that right and money was going places and i went to um sleep over at the pastor's house with one of his daughters and i was like oh this is a very large house and our church is in the hood um sir and we're poor Mm, what's happening here so i ended up leaving pretty soon i was 13 year old like I need to find a different church. I need to find my own faith. You knew those two things didn't
2: reconcile. Yeah.
1: Right. And there's a lot of pushback that comes back from that, especially for my parents. Even today, my dad always says like, you just want to write your own Bible. I was like, I'm just reading the one that's provided. All right. I'm just, you know, right. Maybe I'm not reading the King James version in Spanish, but this is generally the same, right. Right. You know, it's pretty funny. I'm still,
0: Sorry, before I'm still in my head, imagining you in a Pentecostal Latin church, like actually like Latin, Latin Pentecostal. And that's in my mind, but ask the question you're going to ask, because that is still in my mind.
1: Uh, yeah, I was just wondering how your family dynamics shifted after that whole faith transition from being in a CEO household, as you so Uh, lovingly pull it, put it to now, like you're a pastor, you're, you're in it. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I think. The, the dynamics changed for sure over the, the last several years, but I don't think it was due to my faith and evolution of my beliefs. I think it had more to do with what was going on in our family at the time um, and how a family recovers from trauma, especially, you know, there's there's the concentrated trauma of, you know, a car accident or a sudden death. And then there's the long-term trauma of, you know, addiction and substance abuse. Um, And so I think the dynamics changed more because of that, but I have now a great relationship. You know, my dad is, I would say, he's one of my best friends. I kind of go to him for everything. And we talk about God, we talk about faith, and it's such a, you know, I want to practice what I preach. And so it's a space when I have those conversations with, you know, my sister, Grace, who is a, a Christian, has a great relationship with God, or my dad, and we have those discussions, there is such a space for curiosity, and also for the I don't knows, mm. you know, uh, my sister mm-hmm. or my dad, you sometimes will be like, Savannah, what do you think about this? Insert common religious controversial topic. And I try to let them hear me say, I don't know, you know, I might be a pastor, but I'm 27 years old. Like there's so much stuff that I don't know. And I'm
0: y'all are babies. Awesome.
2: Right. And And I think we all at some point, I don't know, sometimes there's this, we get to the age where we think, okay, now I'm not allowed to say, I don't know. It's like, we should never ever get to the stage in life where we, we can't say, I don't know, or we're too good to say, I don't know. And I think that is probably the dynamic or the piece of the puzzle that's, a, that's um, entered our family dynamic over the last few years is because of trauma and because of having to rebuild trust there is this humility and vulnerability that has had to emerge in our family where we've had to get comfortable saying, "I don't know. I don't know how, how we overcome this. I don't know how we get past this. I don't know how we're going to grieve the loss of our mom as a family. you know, I don't know how to navigate. You know, I have two incredible stepsisters, an incredible stepmom. and there's a lot of I don't knows we're like, how do we navigate this? Like I don't know. like you know, I'm 27, but I have a stepmom. That she's been my stepmom for maybe two years now, almost, and so it's a it's a dynamic that not everyone faces. You know, normally when you have a a, a stepmom, you're younger, and you she's technically like your legal guardian for a while. Like she's not my legal guardian. Anything. <laughs> right. And so and so there's a lot of like, how do we navigate this? I don't know. And it's that that you know we I don't know. And so so much grace and forgiveness has had to occur. It's either we we show grace and we forgive or this family doesn't survive. You know, it was, it was that kind of mentality over the last several years that it wasn't so much, okay, you know, all my family's Christian now. Really, it was just, we had a lot of events in our lives that led us to no choice, but to show grace, forgive, be patient, listen, and understand the other person in this new dynamic and be okay saying, I don't know. And that kind of dynamic shift because my family wasn't like that growing up. Now having this open, vulnerable, free to be kind, but say what you need to say kind of mentality, that's the dynamic shift that has occurred. And I think my relationship with God and what I've learned about who God is and who Jesus is, brings to the table a, 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 something that can only benefit that dynamic. And I think, I hope, you know, knock on wood, I hope that my beliefs and my relationship with God encourages and is a safe, allows for a safe space with my family. But yeah, I think it's more of what we've gone through has allowed for that dynamic and almost the, re- the recognition and realization that, oh, you have to have grace and forgiveness if you're gonna survive in this world and enjoy any of the process.
0: Well, I think that's something that so many people are longing to name and they don't know how to name, right. is that you know even with, think about like terms like adulting. Adulting is hard. I think because there was this um, lie that so many generations thought they had to live up to that by a certain age, I know everything. So, um, and I am assured and the world becomes black and white. And the truth is, is that everyone felt the sense when they got there, like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this. So I must have missed something. I am lacking in something. I don't have the knowledge I need to have. And so some people because of the cultural influence thought you had to double down right now I need to be really self-assured think about preachers in like the 70s 60s and 70s when when the world around you feels very um sort of like societal shifts and all the stuff people will double down and hold on to things with such a sense of like well I know this to be the truth so a lot of that truth language came out of that time and I, I what I'm hearing folks say again and again is is there something wrong with me for not knowing and the beauty of what you're saying, what you're offering is, our relationship can continue. Our relationship can only grow if I'm able to tell you that I don't know. Now there are some areas that I might have some things that I can share with you, but I'm not gonna be the expert. And I think that's the thing that has happened. They're actually calling this a societal shift is called the death of the expert, right? So this idea that we used to think, okay, I'm mm-hmm. just trying to become the expert. Mm-hmm. And then we get to know the expert really well and the expert does not know what they're doing. I mean, think about how many, I'm gonna say male only, not trying to be, but male pastors who are right around 50s, 60s, who are having massive things that are happening behind the door that all of us are being exposed to in this moment. I think a lot of that is Mm -hmm. a symptom of having to know and then having to continue to profess that you know. Because you don't get to be in relationship in the same way. Like if I just told Josie, like, look, well, first of all, she's an eight. So this would never happen. But um, if I were to just tell Josie, like, I know all the answers. I've done all the work. I have a degree in it. It it stops relationship. Right? So even if you said to your family, like, look, in my ministry, I've encountered, um, I've encountered addiction. I know what it looks like. I know what God thinks about it. So it's just such a blocker in a relationship, like. Ender, like, how do you keep going in conversation with that versus this like openness to like, here's what I'm bringing to the table and allows me to then see what you're bringing to the table? And quite right. often, um, it's the scariest thing, right? Because we are so afraid of not knowing, and then we experience not knowing, and we realize that that's where the mystery. And I think for me, mm-hmm. that's where the divine exists is in that like mystery of not knowing. Like the expansiveness oh, of not knowing. Because the more you don't know, the more you don't know. Like it just keeps right. opening up. And I love that. I think
2: that. We're, we are scared of mystery. I think our mm-hmm. culture and, you know, especially, I don't mean to call out, we'll call them fundamentalists. Um but in the fun and fundamentalist. I'm very comfortable you know, with they, that. So here's the deal. I know a lot of great people that consider themselves fundamentalists. And I think the danger, you know, there are pros and cons. There are hiccups in any denomination, in any sect, because there were human made, right? We made these sects and we made these d- denominations for ourselves. So of course, they're going to be flawed because they were made by flawed humans. I think mm-hmm. one of the... or one of the flaws and challenges that you see with the fundamentalist and or overtly evangelical um, denominations, if you will, is the idolatry of the knowing mm-hmm. and the fear of the mystery right And mm-hmm. and it's so dangerous because the minute you become afraid of mystery, you, you become afraid to discover anything else about God. What you know, not only not only what you know, not only is it limited, it's also flawed because if you claim to know that, no, God is white, God is a man, God <laughs> is uh, the prosperity gospel. And I know that gun control is this, abortion is this, uh, women are this, and this, this and, this, and this, and this is what I believe, and this is right. Okay, well, if that's your belief, and you interpret everything else around it as wrong, well, now you've made your God so small, so immalleable, so rigid, that even you can't rely on that God. That is going to break and Mm -hmm. shatter. It's such a fragile, sensitive God that shatters at the opposition of humanity. That's not God. That's an idol. That's a porcelain idol that, shatters in the wake of a human with a different belief if your god can't sustain a dialogue with someone else that's not god that's a porcelain hollow idol that you have made your god that will not sustain you through life and Mm -hmm. i just i see that as such an issue Mm -hmm. and such the root of most of the conflict that we see in the capital c church these days
1: yeah i recently um post on my face I like to post controversial questions on my Facebook and have my friends answer them and all? it's it's a fun it's such an eight thing to do it's such a fun time but I recently posted a question saying like what's stopping you from using gender neutral terms when you refer mm-hmm. to God one one person was like just put the Bible and I was like all right you need to read it again I didn't say anything right but somebody else was like um well in the original language um they did this not and it's a gendered term and blah 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 and then I simply said, like, well, I speak Spanish, and there's gendered things in Spanish. I don't use the same gendered terms in English just because I use them in Spanish. So why am I up? Why do I have to uphold this view of a male god because it's a different language? And I mean, the power dynamics back then, you know, the patriarchy right. existed for a very long time. And at one point, somebody said, like. Should why why don't you fear God? Like if this is God's preferred pronouns, <laughs> why don't you fear God and respect that? And I was like, I don't fear the wrath of God. I don't. I'm very comfortable with asking questions. I'm very comfortable with saying, like, I think gay people are going to heaven. And if I'm wrong, I'm gonna get there and be like, You're fucked up, but whatever, that's your deal, right? I'm very comfortable with saying, Hey God, that's fucked up. I don't care, right? Because I don't fear God. I believe in a God of love. I believe it that God if God is love, then my existence has to revolve around love. I don't have to fear. I don't have to be like, mm-hmm. well, the Bible says this, so I better really adhere to it because otherwise I'm going to go to hell instantly. Like what is, like you said, like they have this really immalleable God. And if you step out of bounds, it's like this huge tragedy. So, I, I mean, I get the fear. Jersey, the Lord tells you not to fear.
0: Josie, you just uh, proved Savannah's point. With uh, this idea of, you know, if if I think I know all the answers. So when you as like an object lesson. When you said I posted this question about why don't you use gendered language or whatever, and uh, the the joke is people come on my staff and they're like, oh my gosh, now we have to use all these different pronouns for God, and it's fun. Um, <laughs> and I got in trouble in seminary my first semester for using male language around God. And not in trouble, they were just like, why do you always yeah. use male language, right? And I remember being like, well, cause that's what, how it's written in the Bible and I, in the original language. And, I, and so when you asked that question, I went into my, my knowing, right? I went into my knowing and I thought, okay, well, what do I, well, actually, yeah, it is in a lot of the original languages, right? I, I put out my like, mm-hmm. I know the things. Yeah. It is a male, but, and then I had never thought until this moment, uh, this idea that, like I, my second language is French and we do speak about things with la or le, so male and female, but I wouldn't tell you that that couch has to be female. I don't think this couch is gendered Mm -hmm. in no less ways. Do I believe this couch is real or not? Uh, but it doesn't need to be a female for me. And that's, it's the, it's the beauty of, um, allowing ourselves to be open to the experience. And I think only people who are sitting in often the people that are full of this fish rule and I'm sure you get some of that amazing feedback on your very public format savannah I'm sure people have so many things they just want to share with you the knowledge um, that they just want to impart and when people do that you, what you realize is they're they're just so afraid of exactly what you're talking about like if it's one crack you know we talk about the slippery slope right then everything goes out the door but if you haven't learned what an expansive mystery looks like then it all will crumble when that thing that you thought was the stable thing, you know, um, when that doesn't work in that way. And I think maybe having that experience of having a mom who wasn't a for sure thing in a way that, so our, our parental figures are supposed to be right. our primary like stability. And for so many of us, that's not the case. Um, I'm lucky that my parents tried to be, but my mom also was sick when I was growing up. And so there is that, like when you were When you already know that you kind of get to be ahead of the game a little bit Mm -hmm. like i remember Mm -hmm. as much as i looked at some of the precious lambs that were 15 and so self-assured and like knew like this is what the bible said and and here i am going huh wow that's gonna really suck later (laughs) like you know what i mean like i was like i I wish It's
1: really hard for you to think about later yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's really gonna
0: suck later um because you can't force anyone to be where they're not right right so
1: and it, it, I think dialogue. And these are the types of conversations. Hard. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying, I
2: think dialogue I is a remember. huge part of that, too. Yeah.
1: Huge. Right. And I was going to say, this is what you do on Please Elaborate. You have these hard conversations yes. like we're just having.
0: Right. Now, now. I want to know what Please Elaborate <laughs> is. It's, it's a church. Oh. I don't know why I just did this with my fingers. That seemed, that's <laughs> not even a quote. What is this? Oh, I don't know. That's so
2: funny. No, yeah. And someone the other day so cool. called it a podcast. And I was like, yeah, close enough. Um, So I'm a, I'm a pastor (laughs) at Capital Christian Center, which is a a church here in Sacramento and our college and young adult ministry I created, they were so gracious and were like, just you build it. And um, so I got to create this ministry and I, and I called it please elaborate because I wanted the title to be active. I didn't want it to be something, no offense to, you know, young adult ministry. I didn't want it to be something called like the gathering or like the hangout or, what are some other ones? Connect. Uh, you know, I didn't want it to be. I wanted it to be. Please elaborate, and and put it on you. Put it on the listener. Put it on the participant to say we're gonna we're gonna elaborate on some things. And so, in the middle of a conversation, you know, I often say, "Can you elaborate on that?" Um, instead of "You're wrong," I just say, can you, "Can you elaborate?" And so that's where it all started. And so we do we do hangouts in person here in Sacramento, but because of COVID, you know, I launched this community this ministry in COVID. And so it had to be 100% online at first. And so I had to launch a college and young adult ministry online with absolutely no connections in a city that I had just moved to 30 days before.
0: Perfect. And so that- yeah, right. sounds grave.
2: great. Great, great, great starting point. And so I, I started it on Instagram and instead of doing weekly gatherings, I would do weekly video conversations where I would launch a talk and say, Hey, this is what we're talking about. You know, we started, it was right after the um, events with George Floyd. And so we started with racism in America. And my first video that went out a little one history of, yeah, just a light topic. I wanted to ease everyone into it. And so the first video was a history of the word race and unpacking the history of that word in its, its languages and its meanings through the past, you know, 600 years and how that's changed and how it's impacted, how we view people. And then we got into conversations with some other amazing people. And, and through that, I wanted to, through Please Elaborate, I wanted to create a community where we could have conversations, not commandments and mm. not me saying, this is what the Bible says. This is right. If you don't believe this, you are going to hell. You know, I didn't want it to be that. I wanted it to be, Hey, here's this topic that a lot of young adults are struggling with identity, money, food. You know, we've talked about eat, uh, eating disorders. We've talked about finances and 401ks. We've talked about racism and education. Like, we're touching everything. And so, in the,
1: videos,
2: in the videos, I'll say, you know, this is what we're talking about. Here are some um, here's some passages in the Bible that mention this topic and here's some context for how it was understood and what, what we can gather so far, what do you think? And then I'll put up a little guide where someone can kind of work through it and evaluate their own theology of money or food or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And as we're, we're going to begin pivoting to in-person and that'll be a whole different, you know, evolution of this thing. Um, but, It's different, you know, sometimes people ask how it's different than the juice. The juice is pop culture, right? That's, you know, we're looking at Spotify's top songs and what it says about culture. We're looking at, you know, movies that have come out. We're looking at events and what we can gather from them. Please elaborate is focused on college and young adults. And we're talking about topics that are pertinent to their daily life, identity and purpose, uh, you know, money, uh, career, family dynamics, you know, all of those things, it's targeted towards college and young adults and unpacking and learning to dialogue about topics in, and, and discuss things, have a conversation, not a command. Um, and so that's how they're different, but yeah, it's, it's a college and young adult ministry umbrella within Capital Christian Center, a church here in Sacramento.
0: Capital Christian Center. That is an unfortunate name that feels <laughs> very like, oh. <laughs> capitalism but that's not what it is it's because it? your church name sucks no it's because it's the capital of the state yeah. i get it i'm just saying capital christian it's center made me nervous funny. don't laugh like we're at the me capital well we're first it's just united funny that you would just be
1: like we have a guest and you're just like your church name sucks dude like what the heck
0: <laughs> that's not what i said oh we, we fight. It it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, Savannah, we have loved chatting with you. Um, people can check you out obviously on, uh, the juice And if they want to check out the, these conversations, which I love, um, how can they find it?
2: Everything. I just try and direct everyone. Just go to my bio. It's all there. The Juice is there. Please elaborate there. I'm at Savannah Ray Carreno and, um, yeah, the links to both of
0: my children, the juice and PE are, are there. So oh, I love, please elaborate, is PE. See, I like that name. I don't know, yeah. I'm not judging your name. Um, all right, so the last question that we always ask is, um, if there's one thing, uh, just one thing that is a tangible way that someone can make space, either for themselves or others, what would you say that that is? I would say
2: show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm talking to young adults, that are fickle and squirrely when it comes to committing to plans show up you know if you say you're going to meet someone somewhere if you say you're going to have a phone call if you say you're going to be in a zoom call if you say you're going to show up to an event don't back out last minute don't don't not Mm -hmm. show up we are in a time in a world where we need community more than ever and not showing up you know is says a lot that says that says your time wasn't worth anything to me that Mm. says I'm okay with you wasting a day thinking I was coming and then me not you know it says so much and so show up to things just show up I know that there's this whole culture of young people making plans and then wanting to cancel them and not do anything like "Ah, I get it I get it it's tiring but like put your pants on (laughs) and go go have a socially distanced coffee you know You know, put, Mm -hmm. put a nice shirt on, you know, we all did it. You know, we meet, you're not going to die from having a 40 minute zoom call with a friend or having a FaceTime. You know, there is, I always joke that I'm in the ministry of the non-existent, like college and young adults, you put together an event and, you know, 40 people will RSVP and 11 people will show up and they, and they'll never mention, Mm -hmm. they'll just not show up. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you see them in person and they'll not, they won't be like, oh, I'm sorry, my cat died. I'll be like, where where were you? And you're like, oh yeah, sorry, I couldn't make it. I'm like, you're an adult. Why?
0: <laughs> Show up. So Show shut up. up. Yep. Because we need you. I think that's the point too, is I think uh, as we talk about this space making idea, you showing up adds something. Right. And when you're not there, mm-hmm. we miss it. And mm-hmm. I think I absolutely agree that society has been too, um, there has been a lot of obligation. That's been not great. Like you have to go to church every week. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but there is something to let your word be your word. When you tell me you're going to show up to something, don't try to get out of it. Um, unless you have to, obviously, but you're absolutely correct because I think there is, man, there's so much to be missed when you're not there. Um, that's a very California thing too. Um, as someone who came from the East Coast uh, here, you just never said you were going to be at something like in the South. If you RSVP for something and didn't show up, faux pas, you just don't even show your face a there hole ever again. Up
2: and you were sucked into sucked the pit Directly
0: into it. Yeah. Yes. And whereas here it's like, ah. Yeah. And sometimes what you know and what is hard is that it's because something that they deemed exactly what you're saying, what they deemed as a better use of their time came up. And that, can feel yeah. um, othering in a way that you know, really is the opposite of who we wanna be and how we wanna show up in the world. So thank you so much, Savannah, for joining us this week. Um, thank you for doing the work that you do. Thank you for being out there and um, helping folks ask the curious questions and making space for mystery. I think that's really important. We really appreciate your time. Thank so, you. Yeah, uh, Josie, where can people find us?
1: Well, everybody, you can find us on Instagram at Making Spaces Podcast. You can find us online at com. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Podcast. Give us your money and we'll give you something in return. I promise. Maybe. Um, no, it's true. We have a maker's us-
0: box that I freaking love. I'm so excited about it. Yeah, we will give you something. I don't know why I said maybe.
1: Ah, you ruined my flow. What Sorry. Sorry. That-, that
0: was it. That was it. Well, so everything is on our website, makingspacespodcast.com. It's true. And uh, we're joining a new network of uh, incredible uh, podcasters. Pretty excited about Easter. that. So the irreverent media group, uh, just full of the most irreverent humans, the dirty, rotten church kids, the ex-evangelicals. The Mason, whose last name I need to learn how to pronounce. Um, Just a great group of humans who are doing incredible work. And we're excited. We'll be sharing more about them and about that group over the next couple of months. But uh, until then, friends, thanks for joining us this week. Join us next week where we'll be saving a space for you. Bye. Bye.